The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Main Street Vegan Show. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I am speaking to you from New York City, where I have lived for 16 years. But if you had seen me in Times Square two hours ago, you would have thought that I was a tourist from the smallest town on Earth, or maybe that I had just gotten out of prison after a 40-year sentence, because I was standing on the corner of 44th and Broadway, looking up and saying, wow, wow, wow. And all that wowing is the topic of my discussion right now with our first guest. She is Angel Flynn, an animal ethics writer, outreach director for the vegan educational organization Gentle World. She's been an activist and writer for 10 years, advocating widespread veganism as the only way to achieve justice for non-human animals. She is the media spokesperson for Be Fair, Be Vegan, and it is a sensational, spectacular, mega-moving multimedia billboard just above the Good Morning America studios at the crossroads of the world that Be Fair, Be Vegan has put up along with some other amazing things happening around Manhattan. And we're going to find out all about it. Welcome, Angel Flynn. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's absolutely Amazing (laughs) to stand there and see that in the midst of all of these iconic billboards that are all about commerce and to see one that is about love is pretty spectacular. So give us the history. Why did I get to go there today and see this amazing thing? Yeah, well, it is. It's fantastic. It's a tremendously exciting campaign to be a part of. I feel very um, honored and privileged to be working with uh, Be Fair, Be Vegan and Joanna Lucas, who's the woman who created it. Um, Joanna is a um, an animal activist also for many years. She used to volunteer with Peaceful Prairie Sanctuary. And when she was at the sanctuary, she had the work of uh, putting together their outreach materials. And one of the things that she did was to write about the lives of the animals at the sanctuary. And since then, she's done a number of uh, billboard campaigns similar to this one um, where 
there was similar imagery, you know, beautiful pictures of animals with uh, slogans basically just explaining what happens to them and, and what their experiences are. And when those other billboard campaigns were successful, um, the person sponsoring them, a private donor, an individual, wanted to see it go further. And, uh, you know, she and friends discussing it came up with this idea to kind of uh, target target Manhattan and Times Square because, as you say, it is the crossroads of the world. There's a huge, um, you know, amount of foot traffic, many pedestrians who pass through there from all over the world. And it just seemed like the perfect place to bring this vegan message to the world. Well, it's absolutely stunning. So you've got the the billboard in Times Square. You have another at the Javits Center, the big uh, convention center. And you also have some 200 smaller signs around the city. And this is right now for a four-week period, hoping for more, perhaps? That's right. That's the idea. Right now it runs until September 4th, so we know it's at least that long. And we're looking into the possibilities right now for extending because it has been um, so successful and it's having such a high impact. Uh, We want to look into whether it's possible to make those go longer. There is another, of course, the Javits Center has conventions happening all the time. And one that we know it will be there for is the Star Trek convention. I don't know if you know about that, but it's a big deal because it's the 50th anniversary of the Star Trek convention, and William mm-hmm. Shatner is going to be there, and it's kind of a big deal. So the billboards, will, the billboard in the Javits Center will be up at that time. Wonderful. Um, so will the one in Times Square, actually, but the convention is at the Javits Center. So, um, And we are encouraging people, if you're in Manhattan, uh, to go down there at that time and try to you know, take some photos or video of people noticing the billboard. Um, but anyway, yes, we're also hoping that it might even continue a bit beyond that September 4th date, but that's yet to be determined. So let's talk about exactly what this is, because when I use the word billboard, that doesn't begin to describe it. This is a multimedia experience. It changes as you watch it, and my understanding is it changes from week to week. Yeah, not quite from week to week. It, it's changing in um, basically there are three. The one in Times Square has three separate um, billboards or three separate slideshows. So one has already been and gone. But there are photos and videos of it on our Facebook page, which people can go and see. We're now into the second one that's up um, for about, I think, another week or so. And then the remaining 10 days of the campaign will be our third and final billboard. So, yes, it's got three three different versions of it and then, well, actually three completely separate themes. But each one, as you say, <clears throat> excuse me, is not just a static board. It's actually a moving board so it's a slideshow and as you're looking at it 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 rolls through this series of slides so it actually gives you the one that's up right now in Times Square is called which one and um, it goes through different animals so it's basically which one should die for your whatever whether it's milk cheese eggs uh, wool meat fish you know, any of these things. Um, and shampoo. You even got the rabbits in there right. and the uh, anti-vivisection message. That's right. Which I, I it, love. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's, complete it, view. You know, I think so many people think that veganism has something to do with diet, that it's all right. about health. And I was telling that's somebody, right. if I had to eat a dozen donuts and smoke a pack of cigarettes to show, no, I'm not doing this for my health. I'm glad it's right. healthy. Yes. But the reason is to save lives. That's right. The health rewards are a benefit. It's 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 like a bonus for doing the right thing. Uh, it's a beautiful reward, really, for following your conscience. Um, and it makes perfect sense on a spiritual level that it's healthier to do something that is in alignment with our values and our principles. But the the motivation for doing it, the motivation for becoming vegan is that it's not right for us to use animals in all these different ways. And as you say, it's not just about diet. Even for some people, ethically, they limit it to diet and draw the line at these other 
things like clothing, you know, leather and wool, and as you say, experimentation. And we really wanted to make it clear through this campaign that um, it really goes so much beyond diet. And the animals who are used for other things, things like wool, you know, the, the billboard that's up there right now has one of the slides is which sheep should die for your sweater. And a lot of people don't ever think that, that, you know, they're they're wearing a wool sweater, but they might not realize that these animals once they come to the end of their quote-unquote productive lives, as the industry sees it, once their fleece quality declines, they're killed and they're turned into meat. So we really and wanted to make that clear to people, some of these things that they might not even be aware of. And you say that on the billboard. It's very well done because it's not crowded. It's not one of these signs that nobody's going to read because there's so many words. But you do get, in a precious few words, the reasons why there's a problem with the sweater. Because otherwise, people would walk by and say, that's ridiculous. It's a sweater. But you, you tell them why. It's extremely well done. So I want to ask you about the phrasing, the be fair, be vegan. We've always heard, be kind, be vegan. And lately we're hearing be just, be vegan. I really like be fair. Mm-hmm. What caused the choice of words there? Yeah, it really makes it so simple um, and, and easy for people to understand, I think. And that's a big part of it. You know, this campaign is not at all the first um, group or organization to frame it in that way as a matter of fairness, as a matter of basic justice. But I do think it's a very important distinction. Um, Kindness is an incredibly uh, beautiful quality, an important word for us to consider as human beings, especially human beings on a spiritual journey. But as ethical beings, I don't actually think it has as much relevance, you know, in the context of creating this vegan movement and helping people to understand that this is not something, becoming vegan is not something that requires you to go above and beyond anything other than a simple matter of basic human decency. It's just about doing the right thing. And really, it's more about not doing the wrong thing. And that's why fair seems to be such such a crucial point here. Because when we're young, when we're children, we're taught about fairness. We're taught about right and wrong. You know, if you're bullying somebody, for instance, you'll be told at a young age, that's not right. That's not fair. But we're not told oh, you should be more kind, you know, you should, you should stop bullying and be kind because that suggests that, um, you know, it suggests something more than just the basic human decency fact of we shouldn't be, um, you know, we shouldn't be being violent towards one another. It's just a matter of simple fairness. And so that's why I think framing it in that way is very, very important when we're talking to um, to the non-vegan public in order to, to present this to them um, in a way that shows that veganism is not something that requires you to be a particularly good person or somebody who's so virtuous. No, it's just a simple thing of, of being fair. That's all. And I think that is really, um, you know, it's a very, very important part of this campaign. Now, another decision that that was made before you embarked upon this grand (laughs) project was that the animals are shown really as photographic portraits. We are seeing a portrait of an individual. Now, there have been billboard campaigns and other campaigns that showed animals uh, tortured, killed, skins of fur bearers, this sort of thing. Why did you decide to to use the animals in their beauty and individuality? Right. Um, Well, first of all, on the topic of showing animals in sort of graphic representations of what happens to them, of course, it is important for people to be able to know that this is what goes on because a lot of people don't think about it. They shut it out. And there is, on our website, there is more information about Uh, more of the details of what really goes on to animals in these industries. But on the billboards, it seemed very important to present it in such a way that people wouldn't close their eyes, for one thing. Um, You know, what's going on in the animal industry is horrendous, so horrendous that it's hard for people to bear even looking at it, as people who have been doing vegan advocacy for a long time are well aware. Um, But we thought it was very important not to turn people off in that way. And the other reason uh, that's very significant is, as I mentioned earlier, Joanna Lucas 
um, was involved with the Animals of Peaceful Prairie Sanctuary. And the first time I became aware of her work was reading her blog entries where she describes these animals and she describes their lives after being rescued. So they're now in sanctuary, and a lot of people think that that's kind of a happily ever after type situation. They've been rescued, now they can live out their lives happily and peacefully. But of course it's not the case. They have uh, many wounds and, and you know trauma from what they've experienced, whether it's physical or emotional, psychological. Um, so she did an incredible job on her blog of actually taking you into these animals' inner lives. And through that, you learn that they are individuals. These are not just a whole lot of sheep or a whole lot of cows who are all the same. They're just like humans. They have very distinct personalities, different temperaments. Um, you know, different, they're, they're individual beings. And it's, it's very powerful, I think, for people who perhaps are not familiar with um, farmed animals beyond what they've seen maybe through the TV or, um, or something like that to actually see them in this way and recognize that that they are individuals because that's what allows us to connect with them on a deeper level. And also, I believe that the pictures that Joanna chose are very poignant because, for one thing, they're beautiful and, you know, people can look at them and, and, and recognize that these, these are actually animals who you would love if you had the opportunity to touch them or interact with them, um, the feeling between you would be a loving bond. And that's something that I think really helps us to break through our, our speciesism, for one thing. And also our, you know, humans have a very hard-hearted attitude towards animals. We're able to sort of put them in this box as being as though we think that they don't feel. Even though everybody knows intellectually that they do feel, we treat them as though they don't feel. So... Um, yeah, it was very important in this campaign to be able to portray them as individuals with their own lives, their own inner lives, their own emotional lives, and um, not as being just a, a mess, you know, presenting this as a statistic, but more something that, no, these are, these are individual beings who need to be considered by us. Well, you're doing it beautifully. The, the photographs are just exquisite. And the description of who's the shy one, who's the cautious one, who's the hopeful one, the, very, very powerful. Now, as I said, your Times Square billboard is right above the GMA studio. And there are some things that you would like us to do with Good Morning America. What are those? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and, of course, Victoria, you already did on your Twitter site do exactly what we want people to do. Um, as you say, the billboard is located directly above Good Morning America. As one might imagine, you know, the vegan message is uh, not necessarily particularly welcome on the mainstream media, uh, in the mainstream media, and we've been trying to um, get them to take notice. And one of the things we're trying to do now is uh, to actually tweet and email to Good Morning America and also on Facebook pages too um, to let them know, look up, look up GMA, right above you is this huge billboard, it's right, you know, in order to cover it you would just have to step outside and be willing to talk about this um, because if they would, if they would put it on their show, it would give us the opportunity to actually bring this into um, the public dialogue in a way that uh, you know, it's wonderful to have the billboard, but if we can actually start speaking about it on, you know, TV shows, um, on radio stations, uh, in newspaper articles, that's what we're really hoping it turns into, that it goes far beyond the billboard and actually becomes something that gets some mainstream media attention so that maybe we could actually bring this movement, um, <clears throat> as I say, more into the public dialogue to try to start shifting things and try to turn the tide a little bit. So if people are listening and they want to know how they can become involved, uh, this is a way. You know, you can go to our Twitter page or even on, as I say, on your Twitter page, Victoria, you posted the exact tweet that we want people to post. Um, that's one way. And then the other thing we're asking people to do is just to visit the Facebook pages of um, journalists, TV stations, TV shows, news shows, and just message or if they let you post on the page, just tell people. We want to really 
bombard the mainstream press with requests to cover this billboard. It is big news. You know, it's not just big vegan news. It's big news because I don't know if there's ever been a billboard in Times Square that's talking about, as you say, not about some commercial interest trying to sell people something, but actually trying to bring a social justice issue to light. So it is big news, and if they would cover it, it might really it might really create a shift in the vegan movement. So please, if people are listening, that that's a wonderful way that you can get involved. Right, and I'm thinking the New York Times is a couple of blocks away. People could be calling the city desk and saying, "I saw this billboard. Go take a look at it. Tell us what it's all about." So the website is Be Fair, Be Vegan. The Facebook page is Be Fair, Be Vegan, and the Twitter handle is Be Fair, Be Vegan. So that's easy. You can go there, you can follow, you can like, and then uh, you can get busy letting the media know. And, Angel, we will do all we can at this end, and just anybody, if you're in New York, if you can get to New York between now and September 4th, go stand on street corners and say to the people passing by, look at that. Is that amazing? Because you know what? It really is. Thank you. Bless you, Joanna, and everybody who is involved in this. May it get bigger and bigger and bigger and save more and more of those beautiful beings. Let us know how things go. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you. Everybody else, stay with us. We are going to be bringing on someone unique, one of Los Angeles's biggest acupuncturist who happens to be, guess what, vegan. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul. The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. 
The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everyone. So happy to have you staying with us. We had a little bit of a tech snafu in the middle. So for those listening live, you got a little bit of an extra long break. Um, Our apologies for that. Um, Over on the MainStreetVegan.net blog this week, the post is called Food and Lifestyle by Mitzi Gonzalez, who is an addiction counselor and draws some very, very interesting comparisons between what we eat and how we live and how interesting to segue from that into the lovely guest that we have been waiting for for some time, although technology kind of intervened, but you know what? You just wait long enough, everything works out. And (laughs) she is the author of Fix Your Mood with Food, Heather Lounsbury, LAC. As I said, she is one of the top acupuncturists in the City of Angels, the powerhouse behind the Live Natural, Live Well brand, embracing embracing a popular blog YouTube videos, and a monthly radio show. She has had media attention galore from Real Time with Bill Maher to E! Psychology Today, Time, Fox News, Billboard Magazine, Vogue Germany, Veg News, Business Insider, Elite Traveler, and she's available for phone consultation. So we'll put all her info on the Main Street Vegan show notes, but right now we're going to talk to her in person. Welcome, Dr. Heather Lounsbury. Thank you, Victoria. It's a pleasure being on your show. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for being kind and patient. So, we get moody. What can we do to fix that from the Chinese medicine perspective? Well, I'll try to make it as precise and short as possible. In Chinese medicine, each of our moods has an impact on our physical health if we don't process our feelings. And then there's foods to help support and heal whatever issues we may have. So whether it's fear and anxiety or anger issues, if you're a warrior and overthinker, if you're going through heartbreak, there are many, many ways to help you feel better. This is fascinating to me. I don't have much of a background at all in Chinese medicine, but I have studied Ayurveda quite seriously. And I know they talk about a couple of body types. One responds with fear, one responds with anger. So are there foods that you can pinpoint that would be ideal for somebody who says, oh, yeah, stress makes me scared or, oh, no, stress makes me mad? Oh, absolutely. Just a few examples. If you're someone who has more fear and anxiety or maybe even as severe as panic attacks, you can eat easy things like beets and carrots and spirulina, chia seeds, sesame seeds, wild rice, black beans, just to name a few. I could go on and on. And they sound yummy. And how about the person who wants to bite somebody's head off? I'm laughing because I had that earlier today. (laughs) Um, So mustard greens, broccoli, cauliflower, quinoa, pine nuts, mung beans, tofu, daikon radish, and mostly vegetables. And this is fascinating because there is so much crossover with what an Ayurvedic practitioner would also recommend. The ancient wisdom seems to have had a lot of um, connecting um, with each other way back then. So tell us, Heather, your background with nutrition and with traditional Chinese medicine. 
Well, my interest in nutrition started when I was 14 and I first became a vegetarian. I didn't know what I was doing, and I was your typical teenage American girl where I ate junk food. So when I gave up meat, I still was eating, unfortunately, things like Doritos, and my dinner would consist of top ramen with some broccoli thrown in and and if I was lucky, some tofu. <laughs> um, so doing it incorrectly, I was not feeling well. And I went to my medical doctor, and he said, well, just start eating meat again. That's all the advice he gave me. And since I was doing it for the animals, I knew that wasn't an option. So I started to learn on my own uh, what I could eat to replace nutrients that I, was, I thought I was getting from animal products. And since this was the mid-1980s, there wasn't all the incredible resources we have today. So I really had to to dig to get some help. And um, you might remember there are so few books, especially compared to now. So that just started my journey into nutrition. And I loved learning about it so much that I started learning about herbs. And after finishing college, I realized, wow, I could do this for a living and chose Chinese medicine and nutrition uh, as my career path because I felt that was the best way I could help people, and I'm incredibly grateful that that's what I decided. Well, I'm sure a whole lot of patients are incredibly grateful as well. Now, when you you talked about your book is wonderful. Your your reputation is is stellar. It's, It's really terrific to know that you are out there. Now, a lot of people go to a practitioner of Chinese medicine and get the same response that you got from your medical doctor all those years ago of you just need to eat some meat. I I think almost every vegan that I know who has gone for acupuncture has had some variation on that theme. So can you explain to us the tradition and where the practitioners are coming from and how those of us who want to benefit from this wonderful healing art can do that without being told to sacrifice our ethics? Well, you there are so few vegan-friendly or even vegan acupuncturists in the U.S., so you might have to listen to it and you can just ignore it. That's my words of advice. But the reason that most acupuncturists will say that is because we're taught in school that you have to eat blood to make blood, which is a very bizarre concept, but thousands of years ago, and this is just my theory about it, thousands of years ago when the medicine was first being developed, meat was uh, very, very scarce and was only used medicinally, so it wasn't the extreme overeating of animal products that we have today, Uh, So it wasn't as gluttonous, but also they just didn't have the, the variety of foods that we have today as well. So I think back then, if you were starving, it was either eat a tiny, tiny piece of chicken or cow or not eat at all. But it was so rare that they would even have it. But I think that's where the theory comes from. But obviously, we know now that that's not necessary. And to me, at least what I know about the medicine, and since there is thousands of years of information out there, I don't know all of it. But To me, it's one of the few areas where Chinese medicine doesn't get it right. Um, But just if you are going to an acupuncturist and they're trying to push you in the direction of eating animal products, just stay your ground and know that it's not necessary. And if you do need nutritional support or confused about what you should do, obviously someone like myself and many other vegan nutritionists out there can support you in making sure you're getting the correct nutrients. Wonderful. So tell us your story. Did you go vegan before or after you were a physician? After. It took me, my addiction to cheese, unfortunately, took me quite a while to finally give up dairy. Um, It took me over 20 years of being vegetarian to finally kick it completely. I would go a month, sometimes six months without it, and then I would fall back into the pattern of eating it. And I always felt incredibly guilty. And then finally, it's been like about eight years now, I finally gave it up completely and never looked back. 
Oh, that's wonderful. So tell us some of the kinds of conditions that you treat. Like, I think that a lot of people think, oh, well, if I sprained something, I would go for acupuncture. But it's a lot more than that. Oh, it is so much more than that. And it is mostly known for pain. And, you know, people have heard for quitting smoking. It's it's a great tool. But acupuncture and Chinese medicine in general can help with any health issue. It might not cure you but it can at least alleviate symptoms. I personally work a lot with uh, women's health, so anything that falls under that category, if you're having issues with your period or fertility or menopause, uh, if you have cysts, irregular cycles, I can help with that. Um, And mental health, obviously, with the book, Fix Your Mood with Food, uh, I treat a lot of mental health issues, and that can be addiction, depression, even bipolar disorder, panic attacks, and autism falls under that as well. But anything you can think of, so whether or not if you have problems with vision or digestion or allergies, if you're going through cancer, um, Alzheimer's, MS, and anything in between. That's incredible. So let's talk a little bit about these mental health issues. I, I get the question every now and then when I speak, can a vegan diet help depression? And I, I know from personal experience, I was married to a wonderful, wonderful, gentle soul um, whose depression killed him. I mean, it was a, a terrible thing, and then he did eat a, a good plant-based diet. So I don't have an answer to that question. What what would you tell someone? Well, when it comes to something like clinical depression or suicidal thoughts, I always recommend having all the support system you can get. So whether that means therapy, groups, group support, um, ideally staying away from medication, but if that's the only way you know you're going to be functioning and feeling better, then obviously do it. And with something like depression, um, supplementation on top of eating a whole a whole foods plant-based diet is important because sometimes you need really high doses of certain nutrients to, to alleviate depression, something like uh, vitamin B3, niacin in high doses. I've seen incredible results with that helping depression. And I always prescribe Chinese herbs. But sometimes someone is so depressed they can't even put the effort into taking their supplement, so that can be an issue as well. But eating, yeah, eating the right foods, of course, can help. And um, something like uh, niacin is a great support system, or 5-HTP can help with neurotransmitters in the brain to help uh, balance out your brain chemistry. So that's just a few examples. And I, I hate... I mean, obviously, I love talking about this, but I hate to give uh, a general, generalized suggestions to something like this because everyone's an individual and why they're having the depression can be completely different from the next person. So you can try these things that I've just suggested on your own, but if you're not seeing results, then I would definitely recommend getting someone that can help you with your specific needs. Thank you. That's That sounds very wise and very sensible. Now, let's talk about the average Joe or Josephine who doesn't have clinical depression, but just spends a lot of time not feeling as happy as they believe that they're entitled to feel. Just give us, from your perspective and from a Chinese medicine perspective, the lifestyle and the therapeutic interventions to just make somebody happier. Okay, good question. Well, I would say, first of all, looking at why you feel like you're not as happy as you'd want to be if you're in a job or a relationship, and if there's a way you can improve that. I'm not saying quit or divorce or anything like that, unless obviously you feel the need to, but trying to figure out what's going on on the outside that might be affecting you emotionally and then making sure you are getting all the nutritional support you can, um, staying away from things like sugar. And I personally am not a fan of coffee um, because there's always this 
incredible high, and then you crash, and that can affect your mental health, not just your physical energy levels. Um, so that's something I would recommend to any of my patients who are coffee drinkers and aren't feeling as good emotionally. And something like caffeine actually makes you feel stress more intensely than not having caffeine, even up to four hours later. So if you've had your morning cup of coffee and you go to work and a few hours later your boss yells at you, well, you're going to feel that more intensely than if you haven't had coffee. Excuse me. It's so interesting that you would say that about emotional well-being because I know it for a fact about physical pain. <coughs> Excuse me. I actually had a, a very a wonderful uh, acupuncture success story. I was in a serious car accident, and I called my acupuncturist office to say, I can't come in. I was just in this terrible accident, and the wonderful receptionist said, no, come in, come in. And they did something called Pachi Pachi, which was a sort of little electric current along with the acupuncture. And according to comparative MRIs, it actually caused a herniated disc to move. So it was no longer impinging on the spinal cord and I didn't need neurosurgery, which was very cool. But while in that process of of acupuncture, which I did pretty seriously for a couple of years, I would find that on the days that I had coffee, the acupuncture needles hurt. And on other days, I couldn't even feel them. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. And I know there's these studies out now saying coffee is so great for you and it helps with memory, but and maybe those findings are true, but I feel like the negative consequences of coffee are, outweigh any potential benefit. Yes. That's just my personal opinion and then my clinical experience with my patients seeing how much they improve when they at least reduce their coffee intake. It's very interesting, don't you find, Heather, that life tends more as a, a discernment exercise the further you go along, that it might be very true. You know, great things about coffee, it's a plant, red wine it comes from grapes but (laughs) there are other things on on the backside yeah and I I always tell my patients uh, if they know they can have an occasional cup of coffee and really enjoy those occasions then obviously enjoy your life and enjoy that cup of coffee but most coffee drinkers it's at least a cup a day and they can't function at all without it and that's when you run into problems It is fascinating that you find people that say, do you drink coffee or don't you? Or do you drink or or don't you drink or do you smoke or don't you smoke? Very seldom does somebody say, oh, yeah, you know, I have a cigarette two, three times a year. It just doesn't work that way. No, definitely not. So for someone who has never experienced Chinese medicine, who's never had acupuncture, can you explain the experience and a little bit of the philosophy behind it? How can having needles stuck in my body do something for my internal organs? Well, what, how I set up a first appointment with someone is I spend about 45 minutes talking to them before I even do the acupuncture. So, uh, and I'm hopefully most acupuncturists do that because it's about getting to the root cause of why you're having any physical or emotional ailments. So I go over, you know, any injuries or surgeries, um, your diet, and any medications and so forth. And that usually takes about 45 minutes. And with that, I get an idea of what might be the root cause of why you've come in or why you're having the, the physical or mental health problems you're having. And then I proceed with the treatment. And, and each tr- treatment is different. There are points that I use on everyone. Um, and for any of you listening that are t- who is terrified of needles, you can do acupressure. Uh, it doesn't have to be needles. And just keep in mind that a needle is as thin as a strand of hair. So it's nothing at all like getting a shot. Um, and some points, it's obvious where they're located um, from a Western standpoint. 
and how they affect your organs. Like for an example, a point on your chest helping your lungs and breathing and immune system or a point on your belly helping with digestion. And sometimes there's no Western explanation whatsoever. I give a few examples in the book about uh, one point in particular um, by the big toe on your foot helps with vision. And when studies have been done, when you needle that point, it lights up the part of the brain that's in control of your eyes. But there's no known reason as of yet how that happens or why that happens. It just does. So it's pretty fascinating. Um, and there's a point on the mid, sort of mid-level on the front of your shin that helps with shoulder pain. Why it does, I don't know, but I've seen it work on hundreds of people. That is fascinating because the last time I saw an acupuncturist was when I picked up a weight that was way too heavy. Uh-oh. Confidence is a great thing until it gets to be. And, and I'd injured my shoulder and I wondered why. They put some needles around the shoulder, but then they always put them in the shin. Yes, so that's you've solved a mystery. Now, <laughs> let's be sure that uh, we tell everybody where to find you. And, of course, we'll also put all of the information about Heather Lounsbury and her wonderful book, Fix Your Mood with Food, over on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Heather's website is LiveNaturalLiveWell.com. You can find her on Twitter. Twitter as Doc Heather, on Facebook, Doc Heather One, and on Instagram, The Doc Heather, the one and only. Now, also check out Doc Heather on YouTube because uh, this is someone who knows how to do ye old YouTube videos. So uh, that's going to I haven't help updated us. in a while. I'm sorry. I've been, I actually live in France now, so I've kind of cut back on my social media uh, activity, but I plan on getting back into it shortly. So I apologize to anyone who follows me. I post a few times a week instead of every day right now. Well, every day is a lot. I think if I were living in France, I would be doing lots of very slow eating and very fun shopping and (laughs) not so much posting. Yes. So, Overall, in your experience working with patients and in your own experience as a vegan, what do you think is the thing that most people running around in some state of dis-ease or unwellness are missing? Well, I think it's at this day and age, obviously, being connected all the time to our phones and computers is a big problem. Um, appreciating the small things, and also trying to figure out a way to minimize your stress but also process the stress that you do have because I think most of us, no matter how wonderful our lives are, are under way too much pressure and then never have the chance to release that pressure, and that's when we start to get sick. So if you can find even five minutes a day or a few hours on the weekend where you disconnect from the internet, and just sit with yourself or be in nature, those would be just some simple recommendations. Those are wonderful recommendations. I think sometimes the universe gives us the recommendations upside the head. <laughs> Last <laughs> yeah. night, I, I had a very, very busy day yesterday. They're all busy, but yesterday was exceptional. And it was 8 o'clock in the evening. I was on a webinar and fixing dinner, and I somehow picked up a pot wrong and and did some little something to my wrist, and it was really like the voice of God saying, you can either be on a webinar or you can cook. Not both. Multitasking doesn't seem very holistic. No, especially when you're cooking. It should, my, my thought is focusing on that food and how it's going to nourish you. Um, I know some people, obviously, it's easy for me, me to say I have a much simpler life than most people. I don't have kids running around screaming or anything like that. So, uh, you know, be realistic with what you can do. But especially when it comes to mealtime, if you can just sit and enjoy that meal. Yes, 
Now, a lot of people tie acupuncture and the macrobiotic diet together. Is is that a fair connection? Well, to an extent, um, macrobiotic diet is more of a Japanese diet, but Japanese do use Chinese medicine, and they've sort of tweaked it to their own needs. Um, the, the herbs might be slightly different, but the points are all the same. And, yeah, it's the same concept of eating whole foods and nourishing the organs and your soul when you're eating. So, yes. Good to nourish that soul. Now, I know that a lot of vegans and, and uh, some of our listeners are uh, raw food people. And my sense is that Chinese medicine is not crazy about raw food. What can someone do who believes that that has been a good diet for them? Well, if you're thriving on it, then absolutely keep up with it. Uh, The one thing I would say is making sure you're eating in-season foods. Um, Having lived the last 21 years in Southern California before moving to France, that was much, much easier to do to eat, you know, great foods all year round, great produce, but eating foods in season and local as much as possible is very important. And also just making sure that you're getting in some spiciness, especially in the wintertime. If you live in a cold place like New York, you need to make sure your insides are warm, not just being covered with a coat. The first frosty blast of the autumn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I always know I'm back to the soup pot. So living in France now, do you see um, a similar or or different acceptance of holistic healing than you saw in Los Angeles? Oh, well, it's much a much smaller scale in the south of France. I live in Nice now. Um, oh. Then in L.A., I mean, L.A., there was, I think, something like 5,000 acupuncturists just in Los Angeles. So, and in France, legally only medical doctors can do acupuncture, and I think veterinarians and dentists. Um, So it's very limited who legally can do acupuncture there. Um, But uh, they're definitely getting on board, and just the the short time I've lived there, there's something like five vegan restaurants have popped up in the area, and a vegan restaurant... um, just opened in Monaco, which is about half an hour away. So things are definitely changing for the better. And hopefully they'll catch up with L.A. at some point in the near future. Well, you must have the best geographic karma of anybody. (laughs) When I I was in Nice at age 11 and discovered fresh fruit, I had never had good fruit before. I didn't know why people bothered to eat it. And there was a man selling fruit on the beach, and those pears were so heavenly that my dad and I lived on pears pretty much for a week and absolutely (laughs) fell in love with that beautiful, beautiful little city. And certainly my condolences and great sadness to everyone who lives there for the terrorist attack that happened. It's um, it's a tough world sometimes. Yes. Yes, it is. And you can still, from the the Bastille Day attack, you can still feel it. And there's still uh, National Guard with machine guns walking around. And so the city's been dramatically affected by it. But there's so much beauty there that hopefully people will heal from it. Yes. And it seems that we can certainly heal ourselves by reading your wonderful book, Fix Your Mood with Food, by embracing ideas that are holistic and healing and kind and good. So thank you so much, Heather, for being a guest. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Live Natural, Live Well is uh, Dr. Heather Lounsbury's site. She does phone consultations. Also, remember, be fair, be vegan. Check out their website if you're near New York City, Come to Times Square and gawk at the most gorgeous billboard you're ever going to see. And everybody else, God bless you. Eat your veggies. 
Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Once two monks who slept late and missed their morning prayers, the very strict abbot ordered the monks to do penance for their lack of discipline. They had to walk all day with peas in their shoes. One monk moaned with every step he took. The other just smiled with a secret satisfaction. Finally, the one monk in agony asked, Brother, how is it that you can stand a walk on these dry, hard peas? The happy monk replied, I boiled my peas. We all have difficulties that seem to cause us great pain as we walk through life. But there is a way to deal with life's challenges. Changing your thoughts and actions can change the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. 
Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 